We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. Hey guys, Andrew Claudio here with a quick programming note. This is part two of our three-part episode all about trading Julius Randle, the cap or no cap dedicated to a potential Julius Randle trade. In this part, you're getting uh, the continuation of part one, obviously, where Jeremy goes through some different scenarios and uh, all the entire league and what that looks like and who might be an ideal trade partner, as well as uh, a look at one of the off seasons. Um, This is right before part three, which finishes up the uh, continuing summers and what free agents would be available. Uh, And in part three, you also get a uh, producer's corner all about Julius Randle as well with some fun trivia that the guys play a guessing game, but that's not yet. That is part three and it should be available now and in your queue. If you're listening to this and you haven't heard part one, then refresh your podcast feed and go back and listen to that first. Without further ado, though, here is part two of our cap or no cap trading Julius Randle. So I just want to show what a map of next year would look like. I Basically, it's an updated version of what last week's was. A um, couple cap holds that are a little different as well. 
the, the Mitchell Robinson and Ryan Archidiakono ones. Uh, Farron Hunt as Can I ask you something? I, I'm sorry. The, yes. the Ro- Mitchell Robinson cap hold. Or Bobby had it as a, at 1.8. Were we... The CBA says something different. The CBA says it's one. It's one hundred ninety percent of the current amount. It's not. It's because it's it's not a rookie contract. Because I know it's not. I'm, exception. But then you, it's the, you keep it's, talking. It's, I'm going to look this up. It's in the second time. year veteran minimum. That's what the value would be. The second. So okay. That's why that's why it's one. I mean, again, Marks had it, so I assume Marks is right. But like, I that's. It's a different well, reading of the CBA than I had. It was 1.7 or so beforehand when the CBA wasn't expected to climb as far as it did. And the number changed and I forgot to reflect that. But again, so here's Julius Randle, $23.76 million. And if you look over now at the max room, it seems that the Knicks can actually enter the offseason with $2.6 million, 2.62, I guess, million dollars in cap space. And that's not necessarily the position they want to be in because again, there's no spending ability, you'd have to clear more salary, which they can do. Uh, but it's reliant on them to clear more salary in order for that to increase. But they can enter the offseason as an over-the-cap team if they want to. So that's just what it looks like. Okay. I still disagree with this. It says right here, 190% of his previous salary, Larry Bird not coming off rookie scale contract below the average salary. It's I, I understand, I, but I've also I've talked with someone who is like in the know with this. I worked through it. That okay, is, just telling. All right, I'm, I'm, listen. I'll take your word for. It. I'll take Bobby Mark's word for it. I'll take your word for it. It's just, it's not what the words on the we on the page we, are. offline. We can we can walk through it. We Bye. we will do that. Perfect. So this is what I have kind of determined as acceptable return in a Randall trade, and I'm talking strictly about like the the salaries itself and the, the terms of what comes back. So the first option is little to no salary in return. If the Knicks basically dumped Julius Randall as part of a two-team or a three-team or however many team deal you want, where the Knicks are sending Julius Randle's salary out and getting little to nothing in return. Knicks could go with two approaches. Number one, they could stay... Uh, they could try to operate as a below-the-cap team. Renounce the traded player exception that they would generate by dumping Julius Randle and create cap space. Or they could stay above the, the salary cap or you know, go as an above the cap team, keep the traded player exception, and then work on a sign and trade or trade a player into that traded player exception. Either way, it's like that that's acceptable, right? If the Knicks want to kind of navigate in that manner, that's something that works perfectly. This is the um Dallas is not playing nicely in the sandbox, even though Jalen Brunson has made his feelings known that he wants to come to the Knicks. Scenario. Yes. And more on that later. Okay. But yes. Um, then there's the idea of matching non-expiring salary, right? So it's a contract that doesn't expire in 2023. The Knicks could still operate as an above the cap team in 2022. Then it's the matching expiring salary, but it's for a player that's actually good. So um, like, I don't know, a Jeremy Grant type player. For example, if the Knicks wanted to trade for Jeremy Grant, and they used Julius Randle as outgoing. Jeremy Grant is an unrestricted free agent in 2023, but the Knicks could always basically take Julius, uh, Julius Jeremy Grant's salary and extend him for whatever contract they wanted. It could be for a max terrible. contract, the max he could sign for. Right. right but it's, but, and to clarify, <laughs> it's not a max contract. Yeah. It's like a Julius Max contract of yeah. what they can do. Um, so that's financially speaking, contract speaking, that's what would be acceptable. 
what would be unacceptable in my mind is number one, bad expiring salary. So like, unless the front office believes that they can flip uh, an expiring contract that they don't want to extend for a player who doesn't have expiring salary, that's a good way to go about it. But it has to then be a two-step process. It's a little bit more challenging. It's more pressure on the Knicks to get a, a deal done. Then there's a player who isn't starting caliber. So like, we can talk about all of Julius Randle's flaws. At the end of the day, he's a starting player. He yeah. deserves to be a starter. Yes, he's high usage. He's inefficient. You know, Not great around the rim. All these things we could throw out there. He's a starter. And if you're the Knicks, you should be expecting a starter in return, or at least someone who's starting caliber. Um, and well, then... Yes. Just an asterisk to that, unless they got some kind of draft equity of significance right. with the non-starting caliber player. Yes, but also, I don't think that happens so frequently where it's like that's a that's I, a very plausible premise. It could happen. I, I know. I, I agree. Right. I agree with you. We did this last week a little bit. I agree with you. I just I wanted because there are people out there who are like, if you could get that deal, get that deal. It's, sure. I'm not saying we're not saying we don't like that deal in theory. It's just the likelihood of it being out there is probably not very high. Right. And then the player who will block Obi Toppin. Again, I believe if you're, if you're trading Julius Randle, you should start Obi Toppin, which is why using Jeremy Grant as an example isn't actually the best bet because you'd have to probably shift RJ Barrett to the two. And then what are you doing with Evan Fournier? And how does the fit with Grant and RJ and Obi work and all sorts of things. So like from a contractual standpoint, it makes sense with Jeremy Grant. But then maybe from a positional standpoint, it's just a lot more cluttered, especially now that you have Cam Reddish. In- yeah, this is this is like the Harrison Barnes thing, too, which is like Julius is a straight four. Harrison's more of a three, four. But like, realistically, are they are, are they going to use him in that capacity? But then again, if we're talking about oh, whatever, we don't have to get into Harrison Barnes too much. But like there are gray areas here. The only other thing I, I just again to to put a point on it for anybody is like, well, why, why wouldn't we want bad expiring salary? This is probably, again, if you missed last week's episode, as Jeremy pointed out, um, the way the Knicks are set up cap-wise for the foreseeable future, they, there's no plan here to operate as a, a team that is under the, the salary cap, um, or at least with any, any significance. So, well, cer- Certainly not moving forward and ideally not this year. But um, yeah. it's funny you mention that, John, because, of course, I'm going to mention it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it up as well. So... Here's an example, right? Let's say the Knicks decided to go off of a cliff and they did Randall and Nerlens Noel and Kemba Walker and got Russell Westbrook back. I'm not, I'm not endorsing this. I'm just saying as a pure example for what happens, right? Um, like you could then have something like this where sure you have Russell Westbrook's contract coming off the books. Uh, it's a $49 million cap hold. And that seems like, Hey, we've got all this money to spend. Uh, well, you also might want to exercise the team options for Alec Burks and Derek Rose. And then you've got Cam Reddish's cap hold still on the books and RJ Barrett's cap hold. And this isn't even accounting for the two first round picks that the Knicks are supposed to have. And this yeah. is also saying Mr. Robinson, I just throw out a random number. I said $12.5 million. It's, don't read into it. It's just really just for math. But you're over the salary cap. You don't even have money to, to work with. And now you're only three salaries that you have at your disposal, assuming they don't get traded between them, Evan Fournier, Derek Rose, Alec Burks. So it's not great. But but what if the Knicks didn't go about this way? And in, in what I mean by that is what if they still did the same trade, got Russell Westbrook or that type of player, and then they just declined Derek Rose and Alec Burks, and then they could open up cap space that way. They could do it. 
it's definitely possible. We're looking at $30 million practically without, again, considering the first round picks that are there. few things. Uh, number one, you're really not going to have many unrestricted free agent stars likely on the market. I fully expect Nikola Jokic to sign yeah. a Supermax yeah. and stay why in Denver. You, why are you being kind? There's nobody that's going to be on the of market course, in 2023. Right. But I'm just, but, 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 I, but this notion that there are these stars, like we, we I, dance around I'm trying to dispel it. Yeah. Yeah. We dance I, I'm, around I'm this saying, issue. Yeah. Free agency is, is gone. It's gone. It's, it's, it went bye-bye. It's dormant. It's, yes. It, it's, it doesn't exist in the NBA anymore. Well, like these it's just, it does, but it not in the sense that it used to exist right. where you're saving up your cap space and you're making a big run at player X player. Y. It's, it's, doesn't happen. And we can just remove Bradley Beal from the situation. And then if you're talking about, oh, well, Zion Williamson is a restricted free agent. Okay. Well, how many times is Zion Williamson or a restricted free agent star just walk to another team for cap space, especially one that's deserving of however much they will command. Uh, And then the other team's like, cool, we'll just let you go. It doesn't happen. Uh, And if that player figures out a way to somehow force himself elsewhere, um, well, then you're going to want to probably send matching salary back to and if you have lost it by trying to create cap space, it doesn't help you. Because as you can see right now, it's like RJ Barrett, I gave him less than the, the cap hold. And same thing with Cam Reddish. Even if you did that, you're st- still running into the issue. Like we have no choice but to trade Evan Fournier and probably Obi Toppin and then some other things. <laughs> Although Zion's a weird situation because then uh, our best friend base, your compensation comes into play. Bottom yeah. line here is it's just like, it doesn't make sense to go as an unrestricted, as an under the cap team in 2023. It makes less, it makes more yeah. sense this year, but it still doesn't make a lot of sense to do it. In my opinion, you know, who's going to be the best. If he doesn't extend, which I think he probably will extend. I was going to say the best free agent on the market. Realistically, that's actually going to hit the market in 2023 might be the guy who's the best free agent on the market. Two years ago, Fred Van Fleet, maybe. He gets to the, to the unrestricted market. After him, you're going to be looking at, again, realistically, after these extensions get signed, like D'Angelo Russell. Maybe D'Angelo Russell hits unrestricted for a variety of reasons. Although I wouldn't even bet on that. I would bet on him probably signing. It, the point is, like, you're, you're saving up your money for nothing. That's all. That's a great way of putting it. Yes. Save it your money for nothing. So that's basically why probably best to continue operating above the salary cap. Um, and then here's another example, right? If you exchange Julius Randle for a player who is going to be under contract, um, I said it's a non-expiring salary, but again, it, like let's say it's an expiring salary and they just extend the player. Uh, I gave it a blanket amount of $25 million. You're still now working with a situation, even if you remove Derrick Rose and Alec Burks from the equation, you can operate above the salary cap. But you'd still want those players and their money because if you're going to be above the salary cap without them, you might as well still have them on the books so you have more salary to play with. So it just goes to show that that's that's why it's the best way to go about it. Yes, I would. Oh, wait, hold on. You don't have Nerlens Noel on here. Okay, good. Because he, oh, I that's right. Because Nerlens Noel already that, he's already right. gone. But that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could say. I was just going to say, yeah. but yes, even still, if you keep Nerlens Noel and and have him there and he's not being traded or let's say he's not dumped to another team in the Knicks create a traded player exception. They don't even use like they still have the money at their disposal yes. to, to play with. And that's, that's good. I would just say among the things I'm not betting on is the Knicks picking up knows the Wills 30 rock. I'm not betting on those well being here sure. here, but, but yes. that's, that's the other factor. Yeah. Yes. So I wanted to run through really 29 teams, but I listed them as 30 because I wasn't going to, white out the Knicks, but um, I Bad thought, job let's, by just, you. 
Ugh, I know, right? But let's just quickly run through each of them and talk about Julius Randle. I don't want to do a deep I dive, love this. But just just very quickly. Very, very quickly, very briefly. Right? Yeah. right? So like uh, Miami Heat, it's no. not happening. Uh, the Heat and Pat Riley's not making a trade with the Knicks. Like the day that happens is the day I win the lottery. Uh, and I'm not winning the lottery. Uh, the Celtics, they seem to be doing just fine. They don't need Julius Randle. The Bucks, no. same thing. Uh, 76ers, people are going to be like Tobias Harris. But if I'm the 76ers... What I really need is a guy who can be more off ball, but do a little creation, a lot of catch and shoot. Does that sound like Julius Randle to you? And also, if you're the Knicks, uh, I, the Knicks don't want to buy Harris at his, at his contract. Probably true as well. And, uh, you know, uh, yeah, that's not, uh, they're, they're not doing Tobias Harris and a, I don't even know what I, I think. And the, and this, and the Sixers are picking cupboard uh, on top of, yes. on top of that. Yeah. So, no. Uh, Toronto Raptors it just doesn't really fit what they like, which is lanky, lengthy boys. Not, not, not with a 10 foot pole. With Masai <laughs> maybe uh, if he had some really crappy South books, but he, he doesn't. Maybe um, the Bulls. I mean, it'd have to be a three team deal and you're sending out Vucevic, but they wouldn't have a center that they really like. And because the Knicks aren't going to want Vucevic based on his play style and how they play their own centers. I, so can I just say, I, I don't, I don't think we don't have to spend any time on it. I don't think this one is insane and you would have to cobble together a, a lot of their money and you'd have to um, almost certainly, unless I've missed something, send out Alex Caruso, who the, the bulls clearly like very much and don't want to send out. But I just, I don't know. I wouldn't, I, if in, is there a category of teams where it's like between zero and like, 3% chance of like maybe kick the tires on Julius Randle this summer. Can I put the bulls in there? I mean, sure. Again, it's Vucevic wouldn't be coming to the Knicks because they are very keen on non-spacing fives. No. Uh, yes, especially I agree with that. Vucevic is what? 31 years old and he's going to be um, a 2023 free agent who you could extend, but then why necessarily would you? Uh, they could also sub in Kobe white because I don't think his future is going to be there instead of Caruso math wise to make it works, stuff like that. But regardless, I think Chicago, it's just not really going to work anyway. So that's fair. We can move on. Uh, Nets. Oh, haha. No, it's not going to happen. I know we talked about, or you talked, I'm not going to say we, you talked about it. I'm, I refuse. I'm not even going to entertain it. Not going to happen. Uh, the Smart Hawks. Man. Thank you. The Hawks. Uh, they've got John Collins. I think it very much works with him. Ironically though, they did really well when John Collins wasn't playing towards the end of the season. Yeah. Um, so just, uh, you know, something to think about, but I don't see why Julius would necessarily be a fit for them just based on everything. But I'm also, sure, if we want to put him in like zero to 3% where maybe Collins goes to a team that needs a four and Randall goes there and then the Knicks get something back. Like we could put it at like maybe 1%, but even then it's like, that feels too high. Yeah. And I'm also um, speaking of guys who you don't know really what their value is around the league. Like I'm not sure who's dying to pay John Collins $25 million a year for the next uh, four, four years, right? He's four more years left on the deal because he's signed as a restricted free agent this last summer when he doesn't have Trey Young attached to him to throw him really, really nice passes. Um, and you still get the John Collins uh, defensive issues and other kind of positional quirky issues. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. It would, yeah, it would maybe a three team deal, but we could probably move on from Atlanta. Well, just very quickly, it'd be a team like the Spurs, which showed interest in John Collins when he was a restricted free agent. That's true. Part of why it took him a long time, I believe, to sign. There was interest and you never know. But yes, let's 
let's move on. Uh, the Cavs, they certainly don't need it when they have Evan Mobley and Jared Allen in the front court. And even if they moved Allen and tried to get some wing or point guard, like it, it's just, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for Julius to be there. So we can cross them off. Uh, the Hornets. Yeah, we could talk about the Hornets, right? But again, I talked about their tax situation and how that could be a factor. Like if you're exchanging Gordon Hayward for Julius Randle, you're not saving a lot of money if you're Charlotte. And what's more, you've got uh, Miles Bridges and PJ Washington, two young players who fit LaMelo Ball's timeline much more than Julius Randle does, where it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I agree with everything you just said, which was all very well thought out and rational and logical. This is also a team that just did the thing that one NBA team does every year, which is like, why did they fire that coach? And who knows? There's stuff that going on behind the scenes always. Maybe we may not know about, but like, you know, they may not be the most rational of actors. So that's why, again, I would put a, I would put an asterisk next to Charlotte. All right. Fair. Uh, we don't have to talk about the Knicks because we're already doing that. Uh, the Wizards, I don't... Uh, it's funny. The Wizards are like that team where a couple years ago when it was like, oh my God, pair Julius Randle with Christoph Porzingis. Like, in theory, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think Julius actually needs a five who can space yes. the floor a little bit more in order to kind of be unlocked a bit. I agree. Uh, but like, if, if you're the Wizards, why are you trading Kyle Kuzma for Julius Randle? Like, Kuzma is... is he had a better season. Just he just did. He's, you're you're desperate, um, right? But but even still, like, wouldn't your priorities, if you're still keeping Bradley Beal, be to kind of like get a larger guard who can who can maybe mask some of Beal's flaws? Because Bradley Beal went on on the Wizards post game and uh, you know crew and it was like, this is what we need. And he, like he basically talked about a, a larger player who can handle and defend and, and do more, but like, that's not Julius Randall. Maybe they could function as more positionless, but it didn't seem like that's really what Beal had in mind. And I don't blame him. I like if, if I'm the wizards, I would just rather roll with what I have and try to upgrade the point guard position, than find a high usage for who can sometimes handle the ball, but isn't anywhere near a point guard. I, I was about to say, I, I, they, to me, make more sense as a, a Brogdon destination than uh than a Julius Randle one. Yes. I, uh, I held back on saying it, but because I was going to talk about the next team, but yes, a hundred percent. Oh yeah. We we got we got Brogdon here. Um yeah, no, but it just if there was enough salary to cobble together where they could get um get Brogdon uh and Julius, but unfortunately they um do not have that kind of uh disposable income um yes. handy. So no. Very true. And again with the Pacers like we know the connection with him and Miles Turner. We know that they really don't have an active four in the lineup. We know that there's Malcolm Brogdon, who they seem to want to get rid of. Like they seem like on paper a fit if that's the direction that they would want to go to. Um, the Pistons, they're kind of fascinating to me. So again, like the Pistons, it seems like the whole Jeremy Grant thing with Portland is is an avenue they want to approach. If the Pistons trade Jeremy Grant. Uh, to Portland on draft night, they that Grant can squeeze through the traded player exception. Um, if they don't, then and they wanted to use the trade player exception later uh, on Jeremy Grant, it wouldn't fit because in the new year his contract would be too large to be absorbed. That said, if they wanted to open up cap space and they traded Jeremy Grant, and then they thought like, how can we use this cap space to maybe upgrade the roster or at least like get something better than we would in free agency? 
Julius Randle is surprisingly an option. I don't think he's the number one go-to, but it's the thought process of like, look at the free agency that's out there. It's really slim. It's like Zach Levine, who's probably going to sign a five-year contract. And then after that, I don't really know who's there. And then you look at the trade market. How many guys are going to be on the block who are better than Julius Randle? Might be a handful, might be several. It depends who's going to be traded. But it's the thought process then of like, if there aren't a ton of guys who are going to be moved and Julius Randle's available, then there is a there's logic for a team whether they have cap space or just need an upgrade somewhere. Shuffle yeah. the, the chairs, the, the deck chairs of the Titanic, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Like that is a prevailing thought, at least. I, I, I would be surprised if they went in that direction. They also, as you've talked about on here, um, did just trade for Marvin Bagley. Who is he a four? Is he a five? I don't know. It's only four years into his career. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> ridiculous. So I, I think they are using him more as a five last time they, I checked. Yeah, they they have. So like, yes, those two guys could theoretically coexist. I don't know. Maybe they make yeah. a, a swing for the fences um, win now. Well, that wouldn't be a swing for the fence. The bigger question I have with Detroit is what are they sending back? Because like, I don't know, did the Knicks want like Killian Hayes or something? I that That's the more confusing part for me. And I, I would be surprised if Detroit parted with um, any any draft equity that was any good. But, but that's the thing about Detroit because they have cap space. They don't have to send anything back except for like a heavily protected pick that never will convey, right? Like they could take a second round pick that they know will never, ever go to the In which Knicks. case, why are you doing that if you're, if you're the Knicks? Because then you're basically, again, like I was talking about earlier, you're creating a traded player exception that you could either acquire a player into or just turn it into cap space and sign a player that you would want to go that way. So yeah. That's, that's no, basically that's the true. angle for why you do it. Yeah. And then another team that the bottom three teams in the East all project to have cap space, uh, the Orlando magic, like they're probably gonna have Jonathan Isaac back. Although who honestly knows if they're going to have Jonathan Isaac back. Um, they have Wendell Carter or Wendell Carter jr. Excuse me. Uh, he's been great at the four. I, I just, they don't seem like I don't, I don't see a fit here at all. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, 
and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Pro teams have millions to spend, and they don't always spend them wisely. But when it comes to a great shave, you don't have to shell out tons of cash. Harry's saw customers getting ripped off by the shaving industry with overpriced, underperforming products, and decided to do something better. They found their own way to make beautifully designed razors for a fraction of the price of the other big brands, so you never wonder if you overpaid. Harry's shaving products look great, and the weighted handle makes shaving feel great too. I like to keep my beard neat, and Harry's always leaves me with a smooth yet crisp shave. Harry's quality is top-notch, thanks to German-engineered blades made in their own factory that stay sharp longer. You can get a five-blade razor, weighted handle, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover for just three bucks at harrys.com slash bluewire. And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set. What's up, Knicks fans? Have you heard about prize picks? It's daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you will too. Prize picks is the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. All users that deposit and use promo code FILMSCHOOL will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. I made an account, and I can't believe how easy it is to make my picks. You choose two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Go to prizepix.com and use promo code FILMSCHOOL or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix, it's daily fantasy made easy. So that was the East, right? Now here's the West. The Suns, no. The Grizzlies, no. The Warriors, no. The Mavs, fascinating situation. Obviously, Julius Randle is from Dallas. Um, who knows what the situ- what they'll be doing with this playoff series that they have with the team below, which is Utah. But like you know, I could see a world in which maybe the Mavs look to upgrade their roster and also look to get someone at the five two, right? Like if there was a way they could send out money for you know, Julius Randall and for a miles Turner, like player, like they have the means to do it. It's more just like, is that the approach that they want to take? I really don't know. I'm not sure. No, we don't know, but, but that's, it's a lot of moving pieces, but it's just something to consider. Uh, similar with the jazz. They're just such an odd situation. Obviously the goal with Julius Randall, or at least one of the goals should to be considered is trading Julius with other assets or with assets again, however you want to categorize Julius Randall yeah. and then kind of taking that next step up 
for a player like Donovan Mitchell. Is that something that Utah wants to do? Uh, Probably not. But it's also like, it's also like the thought of like, are they going to blow it up? How many teams are going to be interested in Donovan Mitchell? How many teams are willing to, to reach a certain point for salary and all of that? The, you know, who knows? But just a prevailing thought as the Knicks look to do it. And, uh, and I just want to be clear, a big reason why I have teams listed and not like, here's here are trades that work because it's much more about like a lot of things happen in the offseason that you wouldn't be able to predict. And there are a lot of moving pieces. And so yeah. instead of like going through, at least personally, I, I know you're doing this newsletter, so I also didn't want to step on your toes. But like, as we think about this, it's sort of this one thing could work. And then this opens the door for this thing, which then opens the door for that thing. And it's so kinetic that things you wouldn't necessarily expect become open. So I feel like by looking at the teams and then one other piece of the puzzle that we'll do afterwards, it gives us maybe more insight as to where teams are are situated and and how they might want to go about this. And I think that's a great way to put it because you have to look at a team is not, I, I, I think a team that is feeling good about where it's at for the most part is not going to make a play for a Julius Randall because as we've discussed already, um, the Knicks are going to want something back of, of value for him, putting aside the few cap space teams that maybe they just get the traded player exception. And that's that. Um, and so a lot of the teams that we have gone through, like these are not teams in, in apparent distress, I guess would be the way to put it. Like who are the teams that you can say are in apparent distress? Atlanta is like, you know, maybe they're, they're close to that. And like, do they just, are they a team that's just like, we just got to shake things up. Right. But again, we talked about probably not a good fit one-on-one, maybe a three-team deal somewhere like that. Okay. Washington. That's why I didn't want to let Washington go so easily because again, are they feeling desperate to try to convince Bradley Beal to sign long-term? Like they're a team to look at. And the reason I'm thinking about this is because you guys, you just mentioned the jazz. So if there is one team that we, we almost know, you know what crazy things have happened. Maybe they win this series. Maybe they go on a run. The way things are appearing now, they are going to want to blow this thing up. And what does blow it up look like? Everybody seems to think that means they're going to try to move Gobert. Um, we don't have to have the should the Knicks be in on Rudy Gobert discussion right now. We could we could do that at a later time. But like you're right, this is a team you look at and you're like, okay, they're going to shake the tree. What shakes loose and how can the Knicks potentially get in on it? Exactly. Um, moving on to the Nuggets, uh, similar. Just don't see a fit. It's I know Aaron Gordon's had a better <laughs> has had better uh, experiences than he has this postseason. Just do not see it. Same no. could be said of the the Timberwolves, uh, the Pelicans too. Like it's uh, even if we talk about Zion and Randall and you know like the prevailing thought of Randall and a pick and Zion and salary filler. Number one, the Pelicans don't really have that salary filler that they would want. Number two. I don't know why they would do that unless it's like, you know, the bridge is so burned that they can't do anything. And number three, we're then in the Pelicans financial situation of they're going to be in the tax, something they've never paid. And are they really going to be willing to do that by throwing Julius Randle into the fire? I do not see it. I, I will just say, if you're interested in a potential fake trade involving Julius Randle ending up in New Orleans and a certain oversized power forward ending up in New York. Uh, check out Monday's newsletter because I have some additional thoughts on that. I agree. It is not likely. 
um, and some things would need to transpire for it to for it to you know be a thing that is actually discussed. Um, and the money part does play in because the 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 Pelicans don't have like that perfect easily movable salary that they actually want to move. So it would need to be a compilation of things. And um, I'll just say this. I don't think it works as a one-for-one trade. I think it would need to be a little bit more um, complicated with getting a a third team involved. I'll just leave it at that. Exactly. Um, The Clippers, I just don't really see a fit there. You have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Are you bringing Julius Randle off the bench? Are you playing big? I mean, we know... You don't want a Marcus Morris uh, centered (laughs) trade? Um, Honestly, like if I can break free from Julius Randall for a second, I know there's a Marcus Morris trade in the uh, rumor mill right now going on. A thought that I had was I look at a Clippers team that has way too many bigs and a lot of wings and basically no point guards. And I look at Marcus Morris and I look at Derek Rose and I think the money works. They need a point guard. <laughs> Again, I'm going on to the same thing of like, if Derek Rose can be shipped to a contender and it also opens up the space for how that works. Like last week we talked about where's Derek Rose going to go. And then I saw Marcus Morris. I thought, yeah, like that could work. I'm not even saying bring Marcus Morris to the Knicks. Maybe it's yes. to a third team. Uh, who knows? But like that, at least matching thought process of, of the money and need and how you figure that out and get Rose to a situation that would be nice for him. It just, it felt like a deal that, that the framework of a deal that kind of made sense. So, uh, but I digress. It's not, it's not, not, not nuts or, 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 or Rose for, um, Luke Kennard and, uh, a very, 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 very future Clippers pick. But I mean, I mean, if you're the Clippers, do you want to give up Luke Kennard when he had a good season for, like, it just seems to me Kennard's not on the block. Marcus Morris, or at least it doesn't seem like Kennard's on the block and Marcus Morris. Is. No, I, I, How do you I move out one, the other and keep the younger player in Kennard who's 25 years old. Yeah. He's young. He had, and he had a nice year. He had, I think he led the league in three point percentage this year. Believe he did. Yeah. yeah. He was blistering. So anyways, yeah, um, nice year. the Spurs, the Spurs have a glaring hole at the four. They've got plenty of money. The question is, do they want Julius Randall? Who pick me? I know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think they do. But crazier things have happened. Uh, the next is the Los Angeles Lakers. Ah, uh, yes. So again, LeBron, any, LeBron for Julius. Who says no? Right. Um, any deal with the Lakers is pretty much going to include Russell Westbrook. As we've talked about, Russell Westbrook would just not be a fit in New York for a plethora of reasons. You'd have to make it a three-team deal. I know that's also then where it's like the Gordon Hayward thing and it does help Charlotte, but it also like from a financial standpoint, but it doesn't make them a deeper team. It's purely a money saving move for 2023, not a money saving move and a way to like make the roster deeper. So that type of deal just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It, it's one of those deals where it's also like Randall and LeBron have so much overlap that I don't know why LA would be as interested when what they should probably be doing is focusing more on perimeter shooting and perimeter defense and a point guard. And we, we should at least say that there are a lot of people out there who think that they're, that the Lakers might entertain Anthony Davis for Julius Randall and stuff. Um, are a lot of people just Bill Simmons and clones of Bill Simmons? I, I, I just, I don't 
how is that helping LeBron James win a championship right now? And if you're not helping LeBron James win a championship right now, if you're the Lakers, how are you helping yourselves? Um, I, I just, that would be like, I don't even know what that, I mean, that would be a, that would be a, a we're, we're going to begin the stages of like a tank. Uh, this is the early, early, I don't even know what that would, that would be. I don't see it. Uh, the Kings, the Kings, again, like, we're talking about Harrison Barnes, but why are they pairing Randall and Sabonis together when Sabonis has pretty much been playing the five and they could use more spacing at the four. In fact, Barnes makes a lot more sense for the Kings as constructed yeah. as Randall does. And they're not going to move Sabonis because they just acquired him. Yeah. That, that, so, that ship sailed. Then it's the trailblazers. And again, there's nothing stopping them from acquiring Jeremy Grant and acquiring Julius Randall. Of course, the acquisition of Julius Randle would mean Eric Bledsoe. And he falls into that category of expiring salary that isn't good. You don't want to extend him, which means you'd have to flip him again because you want to be an above the cap team in 2023. So I the, the draft compensation that Portland would even give, I don't quite know how that would even be beneficial because their first round pick is protected for... Forever, it's, unless they're doing something in this year's draft where it's a pick swap or after the draft takes place, they trade out. But then if you're Portland, why are you trading your first round pick out for Julius Randle? You're, you're not doing that. So uh, it's one of those moves that like, hey, it's great in theory. We should do it, um, but doesn't work. And the one thing before I turn it over to you, as we mentioned before, Eric Bledsoe's contract, it's partially guaranteed. If he's traded, it's not like the Knicks can just you know cut the salary and only do the, the guaranteed yeah. amount it would be the full amount they would by waiving him it would be the entire i think like 19 plus million dollar salary it just makes no sense it's not something that brock Aller would want it's not something i want and honestly it's not something that you should want either the only i the, so the pick protection thing with with portland is a significant issue because again that they have they owe a pick already to chicago and um the language and in, in how and when that would convey would get would would could potentially get a little dicey, which makes the pick that they would acquire for Portland uh, potentially less valuable when they would then go to try to flip that pick somewhere else. Because again, teams like to know what they're getting. They like to know that the pick is going to convey like on this year or in this set of years or something like that. Um, the, the the Portland pick from this year is interesting to me. If they get in the top four, they're obviously not. I mean, maybe they trade it, but they're not trading for Julius Randle. Um, if they get something that is more in line with their draft slot, something like six, seven, something in that range. Um, that's a little interesting to me, especially if the Knicks end up at 11 or 12 and there is a player that the Knicks have their eye on and you do a pick swap and then a swap of Randle for Bledsoe. I, I still don't think the Knicks would do that. I'm not sure if Portland would do that. Um, I think actually Portland probably would do that, but I don't know. It's interesting to me, at least yeah. it, it, it's something that I, 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 again, I would not dismiss completely. Sure. It's, it's again, why you'd have to flip blood. So that's the bottom line. You got to do it. Yeah. If that's the return, um, the thunder again, just from a pure fit and what we know about the thunder, it seems like they have little intention of competing this year for the third year in a row. They do have a traded player exception that's 20 or $21 million that basically it's a user to lose it. They either use it by the draft night 
or or like the start of free agency, and then um, they used it, or they go into the new year, the SGA contract kicks in, and it's gone. So it's not big enough to acquire Julius's salary. You know, could they renounce it and then do something? Uh, maybe. Like, I'd, I'd have to honestly look back at their finances to see if they could do that. The prevailing thought would be that they do it and then flip Julius for another player to go elsewhere so they could kind of get assets in two different places. But again, like you probably, you may have to dump Julius to OKC because from their vantage point, again, if this deal even does work with the trade player being waived and everything, because from their vantage point, it's we're taking on the risk of acquiring Julius Randall and then shipping him out and then taking on other salary. So that's just something they may not want to do. The, the Knicks are <laughs> the Knicks are not going to to do this That's with it. Julius Randle, but just that if they were that desperate to get him off the books, um, the notion of trading him into the Thunder's cap space and they're the only team that obviously has cap space between now and the new league year, um, if they renounce that that traded player exception, uh, and then with the Oklahoma City Thunder's thinking being like. Yeah, we'll rehab his value and then we'll flip him for something better, like they've done many times in the past. Uh, I don't think the Knicks would uh, would do that, but worth mentioning. Yeah, and then lastly, the Houston Rockets. Just no, like, we're not going to talk about John Wall. Actually, we we probably will in a moment, but just no, it's not going to work. It's not what they want. Um, he is from. He, listen, he's he's from Dallas, he's from the state of Texas. Um, yeah, sure, but. Could, it does Christian, Wood, Christian Wood exists. He's interesting. He does, but all right. Well, so let's let's segue into something. Let's else. segue. So yes, there's going to be we're going to look at contracts, right? Specifically from twenty expiring in twenty twenty three through twenty twenty five. Not included in this are players with player options, right? So your Giannis Antetokounmpo's, your Jason Tatum's, your Donovan Mitchell's of the world are not going to be mentioned here. Just keep that in mind. And then, of course, there's some unrestricted free agents in 2026 that would be, I can't, I'm going to say headlining as of right now, John Collins, Terry Rozier, Norman Powell, not the best class. And then this list is also basically $15 million salaries and up. So there could be smaller salaries that add up to getting Randall, but I just felt it was safer to look at the baseline of $15 million and up. I think that's smart. Yeah. So... Again, let's go back to the good matching expiring salary just very quickly. Uh, the reason is the Knicks would have to give this player an extension just so they can facilitate them in a trade. You ignore the sign and trade option. That player is eligible for up to 120% of the previous year's base salary. What does that mean? So last year, 2021-22, I guess, Julius Randle made $19.8 million. If you, include, if you take that and multiply it by 120%, it's 26.136 million. Even when including bonuses, that is the absolute most that the Knicks could have given Julius Randle in the contract they gave him. And they did that. The only thing is the bonuses didn't compute, so it doesn't matter. But that's the max for what they would do. Take that and apply it for whatever salary they'd hypothetically get. Cool. 2023 UFAs. Let's just... We can fly through these, right, John? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. LeBron so these are, <laughs> these are players that are going to hit the unrestricted market, not this summer, but a year from now, Correct. as of right now. And uh, the key thing is these players, many of them can and will be signing extensions before they ever hit the open market. So with exactly. that, do we think LeBron James is moving anywhere? No, 
No, James Harden. No. Yeah, I think that the deal with the devil has been made in Philly. Uh, John Wall. I mean, Please move on. Right. Again, you're not going to extend him. Same thing with Russell Westbrook. Bradley Beal, uh, if he opts in and tries to command a trade, it's not going to be in New York. Uh, we can rule out Kyrie Irving just because. Kevin Love, it's not... like I just don't see it happening. He has been great in the role doesn't, he's been doesn't in. Doesn't make any sense. Um, Andrew Wiggins doesn't make sense in Golden State. It's... Or is Golden State going to trade him in three-team deals? Again, that's why it's tricky. I don't really see it. We can cross off Jokic. We can cross off D'Lo. Al Horford, the Celtics are either going to guarantee his contract and keep him or not guarantee his contract. He walks away with like $15 million For, yeah. and then they re-sign him and then all's great. Yeah. Uh, Vucevic, again, I don't really see Chicago doing it from that perspective. Barnes. We talked David, about Barnes. Deal, yeah. but we talked about him. Gallinari, he's on a partial guarantee. Maybe the Hawks move him. Maybe they just decline his salary and then he walks away. But you're also not going to want to extend his salary because it's just not good salary. Yeah. Talked about Jeremy Grant. Uh, we talked about Miles Turner in terms of, well, I guess not necessarily like the idea. Yeah, we didn't talk about Knicks. him as an as an incoming piece to the Knicks, which is yes, a little bit slightly interesting. But I don't. I mean, I think we can just rule it out. I, I I just I don't see Indiana being like, let's go get Julius Randle, and that's like that's what we're going to use Miles Turner to go get is is Julius Randle. This doesn't make sense. If anything, it's let's keep Miles Turner. And get Julius Randle if that's the direction they even want to go. Or yeah. let's trade Miles Turner to the Knicks and try to get something good from the Knicks. Yeah, but even still, I don't think the Knicks go that route. But we'll we'll have that conversation another time. Um, Boyan Bogdanovich, I, I mean, not exactly the player that we would have in mind in terms of Utah. I, yeah, no, I don't. I don't see that one either. Talked about Bledsoe, Karis Levert. The Knicks were interested. We know that they targeted him with Evan Fournier and a first round pick, the Mavs pick. They came up short. I'm glad they came up short. I'm very happy they came up short. (laughs) It's also probably the best argument against what we talked about last week, which is our surprise if Evans moved where clearly they're going to canvas the league, but he's also in a different place than he was when the Knicks were looking to acquire Karis LeVert. He's acclimated more. And then Steven Adams, who just, you know, I doesn't I make sense for the next. We can move right, on. Right. So this is 2023. We're we're done. That's it. It's over. So now no other on. free agents or no other impending free agents um, that make above 15 million dollars. Exactly in is talking about magnesium it's all you hear about but why what do we know about magnesium well magnesium is the number one mineral that 75 percent of americans are deficient in if you are a woman over 35 magnesium will help you rediscover balance energy and vitality magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body including those involved in hormonal balance from functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.